0: Echo! 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 That's what my boys like to yell out when we're in a space that has the features to make sound waves bounce back. Sometimes that's a hallway, sometimes an alleyway, sometimes a nice dome. An echo is what happens when sound bounces off of a surface. You might say it's the overflow of a sound or a voice. The great theologian Karl Barth once said that grace and gratitude belong together like a voice and its echo. Grace is the voice, gratitude is the echo, its overflow. In other words, if the essence of God is grace, then shouldn't the essence of human beings in response be thanksgiving, gratitude? Your mom was right when she made you call your grandmother and thank her for the birthday card. Because when God's love and grace is poured into our hearts and lives, we cannot help but overflow with thanksgiving. We cannot help but echo. And when we do, our lives are made more whole. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, and transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning for our final sermon in the Overflow Sermon series is from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Listen for God's Word. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with skin diseases approached him. Keeping their distance from him, they raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they left, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, returned and praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus replied, weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Then Jesus said to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's hard to decide whether or not to consider this a healing story. Sure, healing takes place, but it takes place offstage, so to speak. It seems not to be the primary focus. No, the main focus in this story is on how the people who are healed respond That's what takes place front and center. As the story begins, Jesus is headed toward Jerusalem, and Luke tells us that he traveled on the border between Samaria and Galilee. This is to set up an ambiguity in the ten lepers who cry out to him for help. We don't initially know if they are Jews or Samaritans or some of both. Samaritans and Jews were, were enemies, And yet we know from Jesus' ministry that Jesus has interacted in very inclusive ways with Samaritans, often lifting up their faith and character in front of the supposedly more religious Jewish leaders. Whatever their cultural or religious makeup, these ten men with a skin disease call out to Jesus with one voice from a safe distance, show us mercy. Skin diseases, remember, we're not just physically debilitating They also rendered someone unclean, which meant they were excluded from worship, fellowship, and and temple life. Surely this was a desperate cry for healing then on many levels. Jesus sees them, but instead of healing him right then and and there, He tells them them to go and show themselves to the priests. So they exit stage left following Jesus' command. Now, the only reason they would be going to a priest is if they had been healed or were anticipated being healed. When someone was cleansed of leprosy, going to see a priest began the process of what would allow them to regain their full status within the worship and life of the Jewish community. All ten of them were willing to begin this journey that may well have resulted in disappointment. They had at least the, the faith and trust in Jesus to call out for help and to follow through with Jesus' command. So offstage, on the way to see the priests, they are cleansed, miraculously healed. We don't get a sense, really, of, of exactly what happens with all of them. I mean, surely they must have felt elated, o- overjoyed, stunned. I mean, they've just been, been given their lives back. Maybe some of them run to the priests as fast as they can when they see that they've been healed. Maybe some decide to show their their family or, or their friends. One of the lepers does something different. When he sees that he's healed, he returns to Jesus and explodes with thanksgiving. He's yelling out, praising God with a loud voice, and then he falls at Jesus' feet and thanks Him. And Jesus looks around. Where where are the other nine? Only this foreigner returned? It's an interesting question, right? Because the other nine are simply doing what Jesus told them to do. They're most likely on their way to see the priest's. They did nothing wrong and presumably enjoyed their healing. Yet this, this one, this Samaritan's actions take center stage. This is what the story is about. This is the one we're supposed to be paying attention to. Get up and go, Jesus says. Your faith has made you whole. If gratitude is the echo of grace, then this man is resounding with it overflowing with it but see here's the thing about gratitude it is quite possible for it to be invisible silent I can't necessarily tell if you are grateful you might be you can't tell if I am grateful I might be gratitude becomes visible When we give thanks, when it's embodied and given a voice through our words and actions of thanksgiving, it's not that the other nine lepers are not grateful. I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, how could you not be? But their gratitude stays invisible, and they do not echo it back to the source. One, on the other hand, is so full of gratitude that he can't control himself. I'm sure if you think really hard, you're like me, you have many things, many things that you're grateful for. The problem is we don't always show it. It doesn't always take on flesh and blood, words and sounds, gestures and actions. We feel it and then we move on to the next thing, the next opportunity, the next challenge, the next task, the next step, the next worry. Without realizing it, we we take up company with the nine lepers who may feel grateful to God. I mean, praise God from whom all blessings flow, right? And all that stuff. Hashtag blessed. But let's not go out of our way to be reckless about giving thanks and praise. Let's not let it consume us or define us or become us. And then over time, what, what starts to happen is this kind of spiritual numbness sets in. We... We don't show up in worship expecting anything to happen. We say uh, things like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Uh, We don't get worked up when we read the Bible. We don't feel like praying. We take for granted special people in our lives. We expect bigger and more spectacular things than what we're getting. We find complaining comes easier. And then we... Slowly we get out of the habit altogether of embodying and vocalizing our gratitude to God by coming to worship often and singing our hearts out and moving our bodies and participating in communion, which is also called Eucharist, which in the Greek means thanksgiving. All of a sudden we find that we, we aren't as whole as we once were. Maybe we don't even notice. We should. For all the times my gratitude to God for each and every one of you has been invisible, I'm sorry. If you think about it, we feel all kinds of things every day, but we choose how much stage time to give them. This man who was healed chooses to let his internal feeling of gratitude take center stage in in a tangible way. It's like his his heart is just pulsing with gratitude and it prompts him to choose to praise God with a loud voice. The loud voice that had called out for healing and help is now yelling even louder in gratitude. He chooses to fall on his feet, uh, to fall on his face rather, at Jesus' feet and thank him. The man who was probably used to falling on the ground in order to hide his skin condition now assumes this posture out of gratitude. If gratitude is the echo of grace, then it needs to be given a voice. What would make you shout for joy at the top of your voice? Winning the lottery? Getting into your dream college? Your team winning the championship? All of your debt forgiven? Good news from the doctor? What about God in Jesus Christ hearing the deep cries of our heart and coming to save us and make us whole through His life, death, and resurrection and ongoing presence in our lives? What about that? What would it mean to be so full of thanks that we can't control ourselves? How often do we really go out of our way to give thanks and praise to God? How often do we give our gratitude a voice? A tangible action. How often do we come back to God? You know what happens when we come back to God? You know what happens when we embody and give voice to our gratitude? We are made more whole. When the one leper returns to praise and thank Jesus with his body and with his voice, Jesus says something very interesting he says, your faith has made you well, or has made you whole, or has saved you. It's the, the, the same word in Greek means all of those things. Your faith has made you whole. But wait, 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 we say, wasn't this man already healed along with the other, the other nine? Wasn't he already healed? Yes. And apparently when we overflow with thanksgiving, when we express our gratitude to God, we experience even more wholeness. We experience even more of God. It's like a a double blessing. All the men with leprosy had faith. They all trusted Jesus to a certain degree when, when he said, go show yourself to the priests. And they all were healed. Only one was made whole. And Jesus didn't say, your faith has made you well after the lepers cry out for help. He doesn't say it, when they obey Him and start going to see the priests. No, He says it when the one leper returns praising God and falling at His feet. The faith that Jesus chooses to acknowledge was the faith that showed itself through thanksgiving. A kind of faith that will not remain silent or numb or disembodied in response to what God has done. It seems our faith is not just expressed in our requests for help, but by our gratitude and praise to God. Our thanksgiving is a sign of faith and helps to make us more whole. Because the act of thanksgiving helps trace what we see and experience back to its ultimate source, which is the very act of worship. In fact, Martin Luther, the great reformer, when asked what he understood worship to be, was reported to have answered simply, the leper who returned. That's worship. The leper who returned. Throughout Scripture, we are told that God is worthy to be worshipped and praised, that all creation praises God because of who God is. In fact, Jesus says that if we are silent, even the rocks will cry out. I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to hear rocks worshiping and giving thanks to God more than us. When we gather for worship, we become the echo of God's grace. We declare with our bodies that God is of supreme worth. We declare that a being so good, so powerful, so loving, so just, so merciful, so holy, deserves our adoration and thanks and praise. We give voice communally to all God has been doing in our lives in the past week. It's an opportunity for us to not just go on with our lives, but to return like the leper. To pour out our praise as a way to say, thank you God for who you are and for what you're doing. We could not have gotten through this week without you. That's why the act of corporate worship, coming together with others to corporately praise and thank God for who God is, and what God is doing is essential. We, we know in our heads that God is the giver of all things. Uh, every mouthful of food we take, every breath of, of air we inhale, every note of music we hear, every smile on the face of a child or a spouse or a friend, and so much more. All are gifts from God's generosity. But when we return, thanks to God, in real worshipful ways, we see all those things and what Jesus has done in our lives as more than just an improvement from which to move on, but an opportunity to trace the blessing, the grace, back to the source. To not just enjoy the food, but to trace it to its ultimate source. To not just enjoy the air we inhale, but trace it back to its source. To not just enjoy the beauty of a melody or a smile or a sunset, but to trace it back to its ultimate source. God. God. When we do that, we are are caught up by, drawn closer to the God of the universe. We find everything becomes more whole, richer, richer, Fuller. Life becomes more whole. Faith becomes more whole. Worship becomes more whole. Worship is not just about getting something out of it, but about giving thanks and praise to God. Giving becomes more whole. Giving is transformed from fundraising to to the act of thankfulness of joyful hearts. Mission becomes more whole. Mission of the church and serving changes from duty to the work of grateful hands. Prayer becomes more whole. Prayer is not just an offering of intercessions and complaints, but also thanksgiving. Giving thanks in all things, we become lost, as the hymn says, in wonder, love, and praise. Lost in wonder, love, and praise. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Great Divorce, suggests that with enough grumbling, someone can actually become a grumble. He says, hell begins with a grumbling mood, always complaining, always blaming others, but you're still distinct from it. You may even criticize it in yourself and wish you could stop it. But there may come a day when you can no longer. Then there will be no you left to criticize the mood or even to enjoy it, but just the grumble itself going on forever like a machine. That's a pretty stark picture. But but if someone can become a grumble with enough grumbling, I wonder if instead someone can become a thank you with enough thanksgiving where you become so caught up in and with God that you're praising, where you become so caught up in and with the God you're praising that your entire being, your entire life is like one big thank you to God, one giant echo of grace. Can you hear it? Maybe we need a a little more Reckless thanksgiving, unnecessary thank yous, and and raising our voices to Jesus. This world doesn't have to be the way it is. I mean, look at this. It doesn't have to be as bathed with beauty and glory and gift. It could have been much duller. But God is here, and God is working for good all day long in the world and in us. Thanks be to God. And you are here, too. Thanks be to God. And so let us never let our gratitude go unspoken or unembodied, but instead may we overflow, overflow with thanksgiving. Grace, thanksgiving. Grace, thanksgiving. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.